Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me for episode four of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. I am very excited about today's guest because I find her journey in pro wrestling, even though it, it really hasn't been a long one to this point, but I find it to be really fascinating. And I think she's just barely scratched the surface of what she's capable of achieving in this business. So without further ado, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. You knew I was going to do that. She's the man eater, Maria Manic. Maria, welcome to the show. <laughs> You're lucky I'm awake for this because I um, I'm in my hibernation right now, so I don't usually get up for phone calls. But that is well, I feel what happened. I, I feel um, very lucky that you decided to, to do. It. Let's be honest here. This is uh, I'm not. We're not doing this at nine o'clock in the morning either. This is uh, this is kind of late in the day. You're just waking up, huh? This is early for me though. This is very. <laughs> I had to set a couple alarms for this, and I, I missed I missed most of them. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm always late, but I always make it happen. You know that with me. I, I do know that very well. I'm unreliable, well, but I'm reliable, you know? You are reliably unreliable, yes. You can count on me. It just might, it, it's going to happen at my time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know when it's going to happen. But Yeah, I mean, I, I can identify because I'm, anyone who knows me knows that I'm always late myself. So my friends have learned to factor in, like, the Kevin, like, there's Kevin time and there's real time. So if I, I assume say that you're responsible, <laughs> and the only the only reason I assume you're responsible is because you walk around in a suit and tie and you act sane. So I'm in my head, you're a good guy that you know shows up to work on time, does his thing, like because you dress that way and because you appear that way. But in reality, well, it's always the opposite. So you could be a complete, a complete crazy man. See, I think you're confusing me with someone else because I have never worn a a suit and tie in front of you ever yes you have yes you have <laughs> yes you have i may have worn a blazer but never a tie i, I gave up the suit and tie gimmick years ago you trust dress me like a you dress like a human so okay I i'll accept that. You for that so let me ask you the first question that i ask every guest here on the podcast which is how is quarantine going for you are you you staying busy are you binge watching stuff what, what are you doing you know what? I and I said this the other day. I I cannot complain about quarantine at all because I've been asking for this. I, I kept saying I wish that there was a time everything would stop, but time doesn't really go by. So you know you're not aging, you're not missing out on things. Because I have this fear of missing out on things. I'm always, I feel like I'm wasting time or I'm you know not excelling fast enough. I'm always I always feel like there needs to just be a big pause, and this seems to be a big pause where I'm not. I'm not losing any time. I'm not missing out on anything. Everything is paused. Everything is stopped. And I feel like I have time to, I always say, I, I, I feel like I missed elementary school and then I got thrown in to middle school and high school and didn't really know what was going on because I didn't pick up the little basic things. And that's the same with wrestling too, where there's just basic things I need to go back and master. And now I feel like I have the time to do that and I can start from scratch. I don't have to feel like I'm you know, being thrown in the middle of the ocean, not really knowing where I, you know, what my, what my foundation is. Um, so I'm watching wrestling. I'm watching, you know, and you know, what's actually helping me more than watching wrestling is watching um, a lot of action movies. I had never seen any Marvel movies. I'd never seen any DC movies. I'd never seen like Batman and Superman. I'd just never seen those things. So to me, this is like crazy. I feel like a little kid, you know, <laughs> I've wow. just, never experienced these things before but i re i'm realizing how similar wrestling is to so many of these things so as far as watching wrestling are you so you're like you're, you're studying your craft now watching are you watching old matches or like what specifically are you watching yeah i'm not into um what's going on right now with the no crowd it's it's definitely not as uh it's definitely not as appealing to watch but it makes you appreciate going back and watching old stuff I feel like we're in 1995 right now. Like I went, accidentally got in a time machine. I'm going to be really pissed if somebody put me in a time machine. I'll be really <laughs> pissed. But then again, like at least you're doing something beneficial with me, you know? Right. I feel like I'm going on a, a little science trip. 
So let me ask you the other question that, that everyone in quarantine gets asked at this point, especially people who are um, into fitness, like like wrestlers are. Uh, how is this affecting your workout routine? This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I always said, uh, like, I would hate to go to jail, but it would be good for me because it would teach me how to not rely on things that we take for granted having in, you know, a gym or having gym equipment. I have nothing. I have no gym equipment. I have a couple, I have a couple dumbbells, nothing over eight pounds, but I've had to teach myself, you know, how to work out with just my body. I do handstands on the walls. I do push-ups. I do, uh, you have to do high rep everything because I, you know, I'm used to squatting 225 pounds, repping that all day. Now I have nothing. So it's, you know, I got to do 500 free squats instead of just 10. So it takes, it takes a lot of patience. Um, but, but we have the time, so there's no reason to, you know, I can't complain about that because if my job is a professional wrestler, then to me, my job is to sit around and watch wrestling, which I mean, that's what I need to do more of. That's where I'm lacking. And then eat, eat a good diet, eat a lot of food to get big and strong and then work out. So I'm, I don't even, I don't do just, you know, one workout, one hour long workout. I'm just working out all day long. I'm at, when I'm awake, I have the movies on and I just stand there and I do my stuff as I'm going. I don't think, I don't think of it as like a punishment. You know what I mean? Like everybody puts their workout as their punishment time of the day. If you do it all day long and slowly spread it out, it doesn't feel like work, you know, it just feels like your routine. And that's where with the working out, you have to enjoy it. It can't be something that you kind of you know, you're kind of interested in it. it has to be your lifestyle. And then the eating goes along with it. And, you know, now I've realized that it's a whole, it's a big process. It's not just one or the other. Now I finally have my nutrition in check and it's not just, you know, my diet used to be just get as much meat in your system as you can get as much protein as you can, but it's not about that. You have to have everything to make your system work properly. So I'm finally kind of putting also to me, this quarantine is the best thing that's ever happened. I was going to say, you really are turning together. You really are turning this whole negative into a positive. Oh, it's amazing. I, I, I'm going to be, I know that as soon as it ends, I'm going to be like, why did I not live in that moment longer? Cause that was amazing having that time. Cause we all want that time. You know, every show I go to, I'm, I have fun, but I'm like, I wish I just had some more time before I had another show to prepare. And I think, I think of it like a bear that's hibernating. I really do. It's humans need some hibernation time too. Well, that that is a great way to look at I, it. I, I'm like I said, I I feel like I I missed kindergarten sometimes, and I didn't understand that humans evolved from animals, and that we are animals. We just are we are more sophisticated, and we have more technology, but we still function like animals. Why do you think some of us like to fight? You know what I mean? It's not right. not that something's wrong with us. Is that it's just kind of programmed in our brains. Some of us choose to control it. Some of us, like me, choose not to control it. I suppose. But try, try to find safe uh, ways to do it, which is where wrestling comes into play. So, so here's something interesting I found with you recently. I was surprised actually to see that you've become active on Twitter again. Yes, I have. because I know that you had been banned from Twitter for a while, and yeah. we'll, we'll get into why you were banned in a second. But first, I just have to ask: How did you get the ban lifted? Because I thought it was a lifetime ban. It was. But I made the new account, and, and I don't know how it happened this time. I don't know if the, that magic gods of Twitter decided to let me, because I tried to sneak it a couple other times where I tried to do it on different... Because first, it wouldn't let me do anything on my phone or my... Uh, it was like I couldn't have my phone number. When you make a Twitter, you have to put in an email or a phone number. Right. And every one I kept doing would fail, because I guess it would track back to my name. For some reason, I did it one more time, and it worked. I had a good feeling about it. I put in my uh, my real name, which is Maria Nicole Spiro, and that's what I had changed my YouTube to. And I guess because under that name, I've never done anything on social media, really, with that name. You know what well, I mean? Like, I hope the Twitter gods aren't listening to this then, because maybe they... Uh, I don't really care. I, I, put, <laughs> I, made the Twitter, I made the Twitter with full hopes that it would get deleted anyway. <laughs> so I went in like that, thinking like I'm just not trusting it. So if it stays, it stays. I don't use it that much. If it, you know, if it, if it, if it stays, I'm thinking if maybe if um Ring of Honor can do the verification, then yeah. But then again, it's like, do I want to draw attention to the Twitter? I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want to <laughs> advertise it too much. I'm kind of like, I don't. 
it, but it, it's 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 not even that I need the Twitter. Um, it's not that I need the. I need that as a communication tool, but it's it's nice to see what's going on with the wrestling community. You know right. what I mean? Even if yes. even if I'm not posting on the Twitter, I like just having the Twitter and following, uh, you know, different pages and being able to see what's going on because you just completely forget sometimes. So for those who don't know, um, please tell the reason why you were banned from from Twitter for life, supposedly. Um, I made a joke. In my head is a joke. I guess they didn't think it was funny that I was gonna eat a man. Um, but to be fair, like I don't. He made a this super rude comment about women and like just degraded women so bad. And I always stick up for the women, you know. I have to, whether I personally care or not. I got to stick up for the women, and you know, I like to say that what I did was uh, worth. It was worth uh, it was worth reacting to. Should I have reacted in the way I did? No, but I can't. Okay, I can't say I didn't feel a certain way. So you basically threatened to eat the guy. Yeah. So okay. they, I guess it was like murder. They think. Ah, well, did they not know that? I mean, clearly your name is the man eater. So like. That's what I'm saying. They didn't see the irony in it. They should have thought it was funny. I yeah. Think, but you know, some people are haters. Let's <laughs> take y'all. All right, so I'm gonna. That was, but that was hard though because that was how Twitter was how I um communicated with most of my fans. Right. And that was like my way of actually, you know, knowing who people are that support me, and you know, actually getting to communicate with them with with Instagram. You know, it's just it's not as personal. You can't. You don't really actually, get. Don't, yeah. You don't get replies to stuff. You don't get to actually go back and forth and talk to people. It's just different. Yeah, actually, I don't know. I'm an older person, uh, Maria, so I don't even have Instagram. To me, Instagram is like this newfangled thing that I've never, never dealt with. I'm still on Facebook, for God's sake. You know. See that to me, I don't know how that. I can't figure that out. And I used to <laughs> use that as a kid. That was like the first site I knew how to use. But then I stopped using it, and I you come. It's like you come back four years later, and everything's changed. You know what I mean? And you don't know right. how to use anything. So with this Twitter, first of all, I think a lifetime ban, I think, was a little bit of a overreaction. I mean, at least yeah. they could have done was maybe put you in, you know, Twitter jail for a, a short period of time and let then let you come back. I think but, what they mean is that that specific account is banned for life. It's not. Gotcha. That, OK. Uh, you know what I mean? All right. You well, can always come back. You just got to be in a different disguise. Well, I'm going to I'm going to let's I'm going to tell the whole because uh, there's a story. And I'm going to tell it probably for, I don't know if you've ever told the story about how you and I first, um, well, actually it's not the first time we'll get into all this later, but I'm just going to tell, tell the story. I'm going to tell your version. Yeah. I'm going to tell the story right now of how you being banned from Twitter actually in a way. Saved got my the life. Ball. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It so actually saved my life. That's funny. Okay. I'll take credit for that. Then. Yeah. You know, you get, I see you, you deserve a lot more credit from me than I. Oh, well, after, so, okay, so here's the story. So you get banned from Twitter for life because, you know, people think you're a cannibal, right? So I happen to see, uh, so after you did that, you started a YouTube channel, uh -huh. which was a, a way for you to communicate with your fans since Twitter was taken away from you. And so the first video you did was titled, and I, I wrote this down to make sure I got it correct. It was titled banned from Twitter for life slash arrested for cannibalism question mark. That was dramatic. That was very dramatic. Yes. So now <laughs> I happened to stumble on this video, right? And obviously two things grabbed my attention. One, arrested for cannibalism is in the title. And the other is that it's by Maria Manic. And I'm like, I know that name, right? So I'm thinking back, okay, I met you briefly at an indie show a few years ago. And at that time, you had blonde hair and, and like looked like a Barbie doll come to life. So I could not believe that that girl that I met a few years ago was the same girl in the YouTube video, all, you know, jacked up, jet black hair, tattoos. So I'm intrigued. So I watched this video and it was only like four minutes long, but I thought you were funny. I thought you had a great delivery, uh, the way you spoke. Um, so I was just intrigued, right? In those four minutes, I did see the it factor. Right. So I started looking up some of your other stuff on the Internet and I see you have Maneater 
tattooed across your stomach and you're wrestling men and not only are you wrestling men you're doing death matches against these big scary looking dudes so at that point the light bulb goes off this girl needs to be in ring of honor and that actually put the wheels in motion motion so short story long if you don't get banned from twitter and make that youtube video we might not be sitting here talking right now well that's when i do that's when i do believe in I don't know if fate is the word, but like if you get a feeling where you have to do something and you just can't explain it, do it. And if you don't do those things, that's why nothing good is happening in your life. Like me, for me, deciding to wrestle was was pretty much a light bulb in my head randomly saying, you need to start wrestling now. Do it. And I listened to it. And before that, I had never listened to things in my head. I just didn't trust them. But now I just listen. And for some reason, after that happened, I knew I had to make that YouTube video. And I didn't really, I wasn't thinking of it in a way of like, oh, it's clout, it'll get views. I didn't care about that. I just thought it was going to take me somewhere else. Making that one YouTube video, I knew I had to do it. And then when I did it, I got that email from you. And it was like, I didn't even want to think that was real because it was just, I, you know, it's like you're, 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 you're begging for someone from above to pull you up. It's like, you, you know, you have what it takes, but you just need someone to see it. You know what I mean? And that's right. what I felt like I was waiting for so long was for someone to see that I do have potential and I can be something, but I need someone to give me an opportunity, you know? And I, but for some reason I knew that YouTube video was going to get me somewhere. And I don't know how, I don't know how shortly you contacted me after that, but I, I remember waking up to the email. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty quick after that. Um, and then I remember when you said in the email, you said uh, you'd seen me from the YouTube video. I was like, that's crazy. He's got to be like, he's got to be ruining me. I can't even <laughs> <laughs> believe that, that would be true. But I, to, it was funny is YouTube is the one thing that I, I have to say, I am more of a fan of YouTube than I am wrestling. I like you, YouTube. I, it's something I'm very interested in from a young kid. I figured out YouTube and I was searching videos and I had YouTubers I watched and to me it was an escape and it was real. I knew that the movies and the TV shows I were watching, those were scripted. And even reality shows, I still knew those were not real. But the YouTubers, something seemed real about them. The ones that were going on there and telling stories and, you know, it, it, there's there's no script. And I knew that. And that was so cool to me. And it's kind of it's just a, a free for all. You don't have an, you don't have a director. It's just you. Um so being able to do wrestling and YouTube is like amazing right now. Even if, you know, you know, I don't have a big YouTube channel. I have a, a smaller following, but it's still, it's, it's more for me because I don't remember things. My memory is yeah. horrible. I don't remember it. I don't even remember who I am. When I watch myself, <laughs> you know, on a TV or a match, I don't know who, I, I, I'm fully disconnected from it. I don't know who that person is. I'm well, an I, animal I, when I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on YouTube. I mean, I can, uh, I'll go on YouTube just to maybe look up something specific and then I'll fall into a rabbit hole exactly. and I'll, yeah, I'll be like an hour, two hours on YouTube because once because you watch they tempt, they tempt you, they'll, they'll show you, they do some other videos and they know what you want to see. Yeah, exactly. It's, but to me, YouTube was comforting because it's, it's real people telling their stories. It's not actors getting paid to, to say that they feel a certain way. And then you get connected to certain people. Like I have YouTubers that I watched them for so long that that became part of my life. Whereas you, it's sad to say, and I'm crazy, but those are my friends. You know, people I've never met, but I'm watching them. They're still, even if I'm not seeing them in real life, they're still part of my life. Right. Because they make me happy. And it's like now we're, you know, we're all in quarantine. We're not seeing each other, but we're still seeing these people through our phones because it's not a real connection. Doesn't mean it's not real inside you. And that is the power of the internet, bringing us all together. But I also, I also hate the internet because it, you know, it's, it's just so many negatives too, where people, I can't tell you how many times in the past, and I'm, I'm not at this point now, but in the past where I was excited about something and I thought I was talented, I thought I was good at something. And then I read people online to tear me down and I believed it. And I, you know, discredited myself because of it. So you have to find a way to especially if you're going to be in a, an entertainment industry to you have to find a way to block it off when you need to. That's true. It, it's tough whenever you put yourself out there in any way publicly. And certainly for you as a performer, um, you know that better than anybody, but even someone like myself who, who writes for a living and puts anytime, anytime you put anything out there for public consumption, 
you're going to get, you have to immediately know, you have to have a thick skin because yeah. you may have people tell you how great it is and how much they like it, but you're always going to have those people who come at you and tell you how terrible it is and how you don't have any talent. And, you know, so like you just, you they're have almost, to learn. They're almost lifesavers though. I think about it like that. Like I think about people in, you know, even recently that have torn me down. I'm so glad they did that because someone needed, someone, God needed to throw somebody in there to piss me off to <laughs> me to get where I need to be. Cause I think that, Whoever's whoever's running this ship, they they see the they see your whole map. They see where you're supposed to be. So they're they're not interfering, but they're gonna jump in and you know give you little uh, little things that are gonna fire you up. Right. I, so I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be anywhere if it weren't for the people have talked about me. That's made me mad and made me want to change that. Gotcha. Well, that that's let me tran that allows me to transition into the next uh, question. I want to shift gears just a little bit and. Obviously, I want to talk about the 800-pound gorilla in the room uh, because your name has been in the headlines recently. It's no secret you've been in a relationship with Teddy Hart, well-known pro wrestler, member of the famous Hart family. Uh, and we know Teddy has some uh, legal issues, and we don't need to go into details. It's all a matter of public record if people are really that interested. But I just want to ask you, the question is, how are you doing mentally? Are you in a good place um, and what is the status of, of your relationship with Teddy right now, if that's something you're open to talking about? Yeah, that was that was my first relationship that was very, very public, um, which is something I was not used to. Like I said, it's you, you have to have the thick skin with that where you don't let, you know, I, I that, that was a lot to me. I had never experienced something like that where I'm getting a lot of comments, negative and positive, and people just throwing their opinions at me about my relationship, which they don't really I think the more people watch something, so, you know, if we're, we're, we were putting out videos every day, those people are watching a lot of our lives, so they start to think that they know everything and that they, they know what's right. And what they think is a lot is not that much. So even if they're seeing a video every day, that's only a small portion of our lives. There's so much more that goes on. So what you see in the media is not, is not always the truth. And... You know, like I said, now it, or like you said, now it's it's uh, there's some legal issues too, so it's it's hard to even, you know, discuss certain things. But uh, I would I would say that we're at a much better place now than uh, we have ever been. And I don't know if that's because it's private, and because no one really knows what's going on, um, or because there's, you know, to me, uh, the worst thing you can do. If, if, if you want to ruin a relationship with two people, whatever they are, whether they're friends or boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever they are, the best way you can ruin that relationship is to stick them together and not let them leave. And so us being trapped in a house together is not it's not good for either of us feeling like we can't get away from each other. That's not good. So now uh, he has an Airbnb he's staying at. I have my place and we can, you know we can see each other when we want to, but it's not that, that forced healing of we're trapped together. I, right. I don't think that's good for any, for any two people. Um, you know, you want to, of course you want to spend your time. You, if you love someone, you want to spend all your time with them, but then you don't appreciate it. If you don't, you know, get that break. But bottom line is you're, you're, you're in a good place now. Yes. I'm in a very good place. And I, someone asked me the other day, they said, if, if, if you had to snap your fingers and be ready to wrestle today, would you be able to? And I said, yes. Would, would I like more time to hibernate and prepare? Yes. But I'm also mentally very strong right now, and I'm doing very well, and my mental health is in a very good place. Uh, I think and that's also um, relying on myself for the happiness and not relying on other people for the happiness. It, it, even if you love someone, you can, love, you, can be, you can be married to someone and love them very much, but you still can't rely on them for that happiness and I'm, I'm figuring this stuff out blindly because I never I grew up seeing you know multiple multiple divorces on both sides my mom and dad so to me I don't really know what love is even supposed to look like I don't know what to like I don't know what you know if, if you watch something from when you're a young kid you know how it you know how it works I didn't see that I never saw two people happy in love ever in my life so I don't know how that's supposed to look so I'm just figuring it out on my own I feel like I'm a blind person just painting this picture of <laughs> happiness and love that I don't I don't know what it looks like I've never right. seen I've seen a lot of negative things and you know that changes the way that you function when you grow up and that's why I'm you know I operate a lot differently than most people but I don't 
you know, to me, I've always understood humor because I've always, you know, my parents, no matter what was happening, they always tried to make light out of it and tried to make humor out of it. And, you know, I was always laughing. So that's something I understand. I understand humor and making myself happy, but making a relationship work and making someone stay in my life is, is difficult for me. Very difficult. Well, and you don't mind. I mean, I know you're open about things anyway. You're not like a woman who doesn't want her age revealed. You're like, what, 22, 23? 23, 23. 23. So obviously, still very, very, I know you said this, you have like an old brain or an old soul. And I do think there's kind of this. My brain, my brain I have the brain of a three-year-old that <laughs> never went to school, but I have the soul of an 80-year-old. Like my soul's been around for, that's what, it, my soul's been around a long time. And she is done with this. Like she does not want to be here, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I think even though at 23 years old, I think there's still a lot of, um, you know, not look at me. I'm giving you the sage advice here or whatever. I don't know how this turned into like a, a man. I feel like this is a relationship show podcast now. But at 23, I think you you have plenty of time to figure it out. It's, it's, you know what it feels like? And I, this is what it feels like. I'm playing a video game. You know, when you're a kid, you start playing a video game and you realize that you didn't watch the instruction little thing in the beginning. And you realize you have no idea what's going on, but you're doing kind of good, so you have to keep going. Yes. You know what I mean? You can't. You can't. You you put in too much to turn back. I don't even know what video game I'm playing. I'm blindly <laughs> playing some video game, and that's that's the thing with wrestling. I I wrestling to me was a completely blind thing that I did not know anything about, did not understand, but something inside me told me go for this, even if you don't know what it is, go for it and figure it out and set your mind to something because I had never set my mind to something and stuck with it. And for some reason in my head, this was the lottery ticket of like, put everything you have into this and just go for it. You know how many, I've been telling people since I was 18, like, I promise I'll help you out one day. I'm going to be rich and famous one day. I promise I'm going to make it big in wrestling one day. I've been been telling people that for so long, just because in my head, something inside me is staying alive. That's rooting for that. And we're gonna let's we're gonna take a quick break here, and then I do want to get into um, how your wrestling journey began because we talked to, you know at the beginning of the hour, at the beginning of the show. I said uh, you have a fascinating journey. I do want to get into that. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Maria Manic right after this. Honor Nation, we heard you. Fantastic matches from Ring of Honor's 2010 archive are now exclusively on Honor Club. We live history such as Tyler Black's championship run, Kevin Steen versus El Generico, the rise of Kenny Omega, the Kings of Wrestling versus the Briscoes, Roderick Strong, Christopher Daniels, Colt Cabana, and more. Sign up today at ROHHonorClub.com as we continue to add historic events from 2002 to 2010. All right, we are back with Maria Manic on the ROH Strong Podcast. Maria, uh, we talked uh, at the beginning um, that, at least I said, I think you have a fascinating journey in the wrestling business. So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, at what age did you discover pro wrestling? And when did you know it's something that you wanted to pursue a career in? Uh, I think it was 16. It was when I first saw it, which was pretty late. Um, and it was not something I saw and thought about for long it was something I saw immediately and was like I'm gonna do this um but to me it was it was the perfect thing because I wanted to be a performer my, my first thing I wanted to be when I was a young kid was a singer but I wasn't very good at singing <laughs> um I just liked the performance of it I liked the thought of being on a stage and dancing and you know do, doing something entertainment but I also was very aggressive, and I started realizing that at the probably around the age of sixteen was when I started feeling very aggressive. I, I wanted to argue. I wanted to fight. I wanted. I, I didn't know. I didn't understand why I was like that. I knew it was, I knew it was a negative, but I was. I knew there was a way I could use it as a positive. Now I didn't know what, um, MMA was. I didn't know what UFC was. I didn't know, what I didn't know the difference between what they say. Uh, this is fighting and this is pro wrestling and this is I didn't know I knew that it was all just to me it was all fighting that's all I knew it was fighting and for some reason I liked fighting and I I, I didn't have uh, I didn't have much common sense with like what I was supposed to do with my life because I graduated high school at uh, 17 and you know I didn't 
nothing in me told me, hey, go to college and get an education. But for some reason, the only instinct I had was learn how to protect yourself. Now, was pro wrestling school going to teach me how to protect myself? Uh, you wouldn't think so, but it did because it made me mentally tough and it made me mentally strong and it made me, you know, anybody can survive the fight, but it's being able to have the confidence to even enter the fight. And that's what wrestling taught me is having, you know, that confidence to go into any situation and tackle it. It's, it's more than people think it is, you know? Right. So you're 16 years old. You decide wrestling something that you want to do. Um, what is, what kind of reaction do you get from your parents? Um, they thought I was, they thought I was crazy. They thought it was just like a little, because I was very impulsive as a kid. So I would, you know, get excited about something and want to do something, but they, they only last a week. So I understood why they thought that when I came in with the wrestling thing, I told, of course I told them, you know, I want to do this forever, but they don't, they didn't believe me. They thought it was a quick little phase. Um, I remember my dad, my dad had to come into the school I first started at and he had to like sign paperwork because I was under 18. Um, so I had to get his permission and I remember trying to explain it to him and I remember telling him like it was like a gymnastics school type of thing is what I said to him. <laughs> and he came, I, me- I remember seeing him standing in the school and he signed the papers and he, he was so confused. He didn't, but my dad, even if he doesn't understand my dream, he usually will you know, trust my word or at least try to help me with what he can. Right. Um, and my, uh, I, I told this story somewhere. I don't know where I told it. I don't think I've ever told it to you though. Um, my first day of, tra- maybe my second day in the wrestling ring, they told me to take a bump and uh, I didn't know what a bump was. I didn't know what anything was. I didn't, under- I didn't know anything about wrestling at all, which is crazy that I walked into a wrestling school not knowing anything. But I was just eager to uh, figure it out. Um, but I I went back and just completely landed on my head, didn't tuck my chin at all, and knocked myself out and had to go to the hospital. Um, and they called my mom to the hospital, and she was saying, you know, you can't do this anymore. You got hurt on the first day. Clearly, you're not, you know what I mean? Clearly, you're not a natural. You're not, you're not very, like, be honest with yourself. You're not very good at this. If the first time you go to fall, you land right on your head. And uh, I told her, like, you know, I, I, I know this is not something I should do. And I know it's not for me. But I still have to do it because I made a promise to myself that I was going to accomplish it. And I was going to be successful with this. Because you're never, there's never going to be an activity that you like all the time. You're not, I'm not going to find something that's easy. I'm not going to find something that's just convenient. It's going to be difficult. And, you know, I'm going to hate it sometimes. It's like. It's like marriage. You're, you're going to hate that person sometimes, but who who are you going to hate the least? <laughs> who are you going to hate spending your time with? I don't like people. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not uh, an easy person to deal with. I'm not tolerable, but you know, it's. That should be on a, what's worth, what's that should be on a, that should be on a greeting card. I think marriage it's who do you hate the least? Exactly. Like who, that's so, awesome. And that's the thing. Like I hate wrestling sometimes. But I, I damn sure like it a lot better than any other sport, you know. You're not nothing's gonna be perfect. You're not gonna love anything, if, and if, and and love is love is hate. They're the same thing. If you love something, you hate it. We're we're the most mean to the people we love the most, and I'm very guilty of that. I'm I snap at people that I love. I don't people that I who care less about. I'm the nicest to because I just you know I don't have any reason to be mean to them. But the ones that I love. Those are the ones I'm arguing with because I, I want to get to a better place with those people. Well, that is quite a, a an auspicious beginning. The very first bump ever in a wrestling ring puts you in the hospital. Like I, I don't think I, that's I don't think I've heard that one before. But I also had never done any contact sports like that, so you know that was all new to me. I I didn't even hit it that hard, but I guess and I guess that makes me think I've hardened up a little bit because now I can take some crazy <laughs> falls yeah. and be perfectly fine well did they show you what a flat back bump was or yes, did they just yes, say yes, okay. they showed me they, showed okay. me. they weren't they, yeah they weren't trying to <laughs> i didn't understand the concept of anything right that's just like i've got to be the only person in wrestling that went into a wrestling school not knowing anything about wrestling like i've got to be the only one 
That, that's scary to blindly walk into something like that and not Absolutely. have any understanding of it. But but look at you. You walked in there knowing nothing, and now here here you are. So and and in a very, I don't know if the journey seems short to you, um, but I you know if you started whatever it's been six years ago, whatever you've come a long way in a short time. Certainly from ending up in the hospital on your first bump to to where you are today. Um, I want to talk to you though about those early days. I mentioned it uh, in the beginning of the show that you looked much different. Um, when I first saw you, it was at a Maryland Championship Wrestling show. I think it was like 2016, so I guess you were like 18 or 19 at the time. And I've told you this before, so and I, and I know I can be brutally honest with you because you just don't care. So I remember seeing you in the locker room at that point. I didn't know who you were. You walked in, and I took one look at you, and I saw this bleach blonde bombshell with a skin-tight outfit and – yeah. And I thought I just like I was like, wow, this is this is like a walking cliche of a wrestling diva. And mm -hmm. when you walked in, you know, all the like all eyes turned towards you, right? Like all the guys in the locker room, their tongues are on the floor. But I just thought, you know what? Like these plastic like Barbie dolls are a dime a dozen in the wrestling business. And I just can't see this girl ever making it. Yeah. <laughs> so looking back at that time. What was your mindset as far as what you wanted to be in the wrestling business? Honestly, my mindset was a businesswoman thinking, hey, I don't – honestly, this is the truth. I, I knew that I wasn't qualified for the job. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But I knew that I could dress the part and I could play the part. It's like a little kid dressing up to play doctor. You know what I mean? You know what, you're, you know what the doctor's supposed to look like, how they're supposed to act. So I was just like this robot playing what I thought wrestling diva was. And I, I, you know, like you said, I was doing a good job of what wrestling diva was. But then over time, I realized that wrestling is not about that. Wrestling is about being yourself and finding yourself. And, you know, for me, it was it, it, a lot of, a lot of people get into wrestling at, you know, you know, 28, 28 years old, 30 years old, where they've already figured themselves out. They already know who they are. I got into wrestling, not knowing who I was at all. So over this time I figured it out and I don't think I would have ever figured out who I was if it weren't for wrestling. And you think about wrestling is kind of, you're just kind of wrestling with yourself the whole time. That's <laughs> a good way to put it. So, but I, I knew, I knew that that look, that look was what was in at the time. And I was just trying to fit that mold, but I was so far away from myself that it was just, it was so unauthentic and I was so miserable trying to, play this part of something that was so far off from what I actually was. It was funny. I have you ever seen White Chicks, the movie? No. It's 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 two black guys. They go undercover and they have to dress up as this white girl. And I'm like, that's me. Like I'm so different. <laughs> so different than what I would put out. Like I would I would I used to go to these wrestling shows and I'd put on these cute outfits and I would have to suck it in all day and talk with this super nice voice and then I would get home and just rip it off and turn into an animal. Like it was <laughs> That's that is a transformation I wish I could have recorded and people could have seen like me getting home from those wrestling shows and then like turning into my you, you've had to have seen Shrek, right? Yes. I'm Fiona. Like when Fiona, she can you know what I'm saying? She can come out in the daytime and look like that, but then she's 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 ugly Fiona when she goes home. And I have to remember that that I still am ugly Fiona and I'm always ugly <laughs> Fiona, but I can dress it up nicely. But the good thing is there are Shreks out there that will find you attractive and it's not i guess this is more of a life lesson than a wrestling lesson but it's, it's not about being attractive to everybody it's about being very attractive to one person right. that's all that matters you don't you're never going to be you're never going to be perfect to everybody well and i i didn't want to imply that that the way you look now is unattractive it's just extremely different from the way you looked then um exactly. so how does how did the transformation into the man-eater come about like you said you didn't feel authentic what sparked you to become more of the person that you really are and and how did you end up doing intergender matches and death matches yeah that kind of all came into play it started with the intergender matches which i have to think everything everything is led by somebody else everything is led by somebody else's idea like you know where there was that first person that said, hey, I'm going to book you against a guy and see how you do. Or, hey, I'm going to book you again. I'm going to start booking you against the guys because you've been working out really hard in the gym. You're looking really big. You're almost as big as some of these guys. I want to give you that chance. It was it was somebody believing in me and making me think that I could do more than just, you know, look like a slut and wrestle the girls. 
And I have no, I have no problem wrestling the girls. I don't mean it like that, but being told that I can only wrestle the girls. I don't like, I don't like having any um, boundaries with it. I want to wrestle whoever, whoever I want. Um, but I don't know. It's I have to, I have to obviously credit Schlack. I'm sure you know Schlack, who did the uh, tattoo. Yes, deathmatch, deathmatch wrestler. Yes, 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 deathmatch wrestler. He came up with the tattoo, um, which kind of, he kind of left it open-ended to me where it's like, you know, here, here's this tattoo I'm going to give you, figure it out, make it come true. <laughs> um, and, and that's how I took it, whereas it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story that's, he, he's, giving, he's giving me the title, now, now you go write the story. You know, and to me, that was it was so open ended where man eater could mean so many things and no one really knows what it means yet. And I can't really give you the end of the book now, but um, I knew it would turn into something. And it's not not what people think it would be, but uh, it, it gave me a starting point. It gave me a starting point to work with where now I can work on the project. But he gave me that. uh, He gave me that opening. Right. So, so let me ask you then about your parents again. Um, if your dad thought wrestling was like gymnastics or whatever in the beginning, I have to ask what 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 are your parents' reactions to the death matches where you're um, obviously going in there, like I said, with some scary looking dudes, and these are death matches with weapons and bleeding and um, all that stuff. Like, what kind of reaction have you gotten from them? Um, honestly, I didn't really talk to them much while I was in that phase of doing that. And I think I knew that they, you know, wouldn't want to see that. Um, and I, 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 if my parents were happy with that, then there'd be something wrong with them, you know? Um, but I told them that I, it's, 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 it's just proving something to myself. It's, I'm testing myself, seeing what I can handle. Cause you, you never know what you can handle until you've you know, been put in that situation and you've been tested. And I'm the kind of person where I want to be tested in life. I want, I want things thrown at me that suck. I want to get through them because every time I get through those things, I get to a higher level. And like, I'm weird. I I like to test myself in certain ways. Like I like to see like, Oh, how long can I stay in this house, in this room and not leave and entertain myself and be satisfied? You know, how long can I, uh, how long can I survive with, with certain uh, circumstances? I, I enjoy that. I don't, I don't know what it is. Something, something wrong with me that I want to be in. I want to, it's like, I like suffering <laughs> because you have to suffer to get to the top and to, to have that wisdom. To me, yeah. life is about wisdom. It's not about knowledge. It's about wisdom. Well, there's definitely something to be said for suffering for your art, I think. Um, but let me ask you about uh, intergender wrestling then, because intergender wrestling, obviously it's a polarizing subject. It's not something that's really been done in ROH a whole lot. And there was a lot of internal debate um, about whether you should work with men or not in Ring of Honor. Now, my personal opinion has always been it's a case by case basis, right? So, like, this is just my personal opinion. I don't necessarily believe a woman who's like 5'4, 120 pounds fighting a 275 pound or 300 pound man. I think that stretches credibility a little bit. But I can certainly believe you fighting men. Uh, so what are your thoughts on intergender wrestling in general? Um, and as it applies to you specifically? Um, like you said, I think it's a case by case. And I think it's also, it's also um, person by person, meaning do I want to wrestle men? Yeah. I want to wrestle women too. I want to wrestle a lot of people. You can't make someone wrestle me if they don't want to wrestle me. It's all about the two people agreeing. So if you have the two people, you, they said you wouldn't want, you know, a, a tiny woman fighting a giant man, say I'm 200 pounds. You wouldn't want me fighting a, I don't know who's a, who's a, who's a very big guy. Um, you wouldn't want me fighting Brock Lesnar. It's not realistic, but if Brock Lesnar agrees to that fight, and I agree to that fight, and I say, hey, I'm probably going to get knocked out. I'm probably going to get knocked out, but I don't mind that, and I, I want the challenge. I want to take this fight. Then if both of us agreed to do that, we should be able to have that fight, is my opinion on it. Have you ever had a problem? Um, you don't have to mention names. Actually, please, actually don't mention names, but have you ever had a problem with guys not wanting to sell for you in a match? Um, I've never had that issue, but I have had issues um, 
you know, calling stuff and guys not wanting to give me shit, where it's like, if this were a shoot, you know I would get some shit, so, you know, you can play the game one one, but if this is real, and you want to make it real, you know how that will play out, so maybe incorporate that when you're putting together the match. All right, she is Maria Manic. This is the ROH Strong Podcast. We'll be back with more right after this quick break. I'm Quinn McKay, your host of Ring of Honor Wrestling, and the new year brings tons of opportunities, including your opportunity to represent your favorite Ring of Honor star by wearing their merchandise, including me for some reason. So log on to ROHproshop.com now to get yours. We are back here with Maria Manic on the ROH Strong Podcast. Maria, you signed with Ring of Honor, I guess it's been about a year ago now, and um, your appearances were basically you just beating people up, right? Security, uh, male wrestlers, female wrestlers, ring announcers, basically anyone who was in your path. So I just want to ask you, what are your thoughts on, this was really your television debut, being on worldwide television for the first time and the way you debuted, and the crowd reaction, because the crowd was with you right from the start. Mm-hmm. So what were your thoughts? Uh, it was amazing. I, I wanted it to be something different. I knew that I didn't want it to be just a match. That's just not my style. Like, I don't... You have to think of... It, this is what I always say. You have to think of your... Close your eyes and imagine yourself in an action movie. How would you act? Or a superhero movie. What would you do? What would be your strengths? And I always think, like, I'm not the one that's going to show up to the ring and just be ready to have a fair match. Like, no, I'm ready to kill somebody. You know, anyone that's in front of me, I don't, I don't care. There's no, there's no personal vendettas. Usually there might, there might become one, but there's, I'm just, I have anger I need to release. And that was the perfect way to display that. I don't, I don't think it could have gone any better. Yeah, I would agree. And I don't I think agree. it could have been, you know, everyone thinks like, Oh, a debut, put him, put him in a good match, put him in, you know, some dream match, but it's like you gotta you gotta show the show the fans what what is being offered first. Right. They don't care to see a match with me if they don't even know who I am yet. Let them see who I am. Now they want to see the matches because they've gotten that introduction. And I think that's what's important with the wrestling is giving people the introductions. If you don't know who the people are and you're not invested in them, it doesn't mean anything when they when they do that crazy move or they win that match. It doesn't mean as much. I think for me, you know, winning my match at um final battle meant a lot because i had had that build up you know absolutely that's that's a great way to put it i mean i think those early appearances were just kind of to whet the appetite for people wanting to see you we, we saw you tossing around various uh, like we said ring announcers uh security whatever um that sort of whetted the appetite for well let's what can she do when she's in the, in a real match and and in with a uh you know a real member of the roster such as angelina love who you faced at final battle, as you said, in December. What, what are your thoughts on that match? Looking I, back I on it. Match a lot. Mm-hmm. I was very happy with that match. Um, I was nervous at the time because I hadn't had a match match in a while. Um, but I think it was... It, it almost was refreshing to see me wrestle. Like you said, it, it makes you appreciate things. So me, me not having a match and also them not seeing me with any girls... Then you see me wrestle a girl, it's cool again because you haven't seen it. It's, it's it's something new. So it's like you're you know, you're switching it up, it makes you appreciate things. It it if if I was just, you know, throwing around little girls all the time, it wouldn't be that interesting. But then, you know, you have the variety. You have you see me wrestle a big guy, then you see me wrestle a small girl, then you see me wrestle a a big girl down the road, and that's something you're really excited for because that's that's you know, it's all diversity. That's why I like the inner gender because you just you never know what you're going to get very very well said to me to me wrestling should be and this is my opinion i don't think it'll ever turn into this but i think that wrestling should be genderless it's solely based on weight classes so you know with that that would probably make me a, a men's cruiserweight which i understand that but i think i could get to heavyweight at some point but you know i have the rest of my <laughs> i'm only 23 years old i have a lot of time I think it should be based on weight classes simply. So if, if the, the girl, the argument for the girls, though, they're not strong enough to, you know, fight the boys, they're on, they can fight them when they get to that weight class. But if they're, you know, if they're 150 pounds, they're probably only wrestling girls that are 150 pounds, but that's something to work forward. That's something, if you want to get to that next level, you got to put some weight on. 
That's actually an interesting proposal. I don't think I've ever heard um, anyone throw that yeah, idea out there. It's never been done. I don't it's think so. Interesting, at least. But that's, that's to me, that's the way it should be. Is If you want this to be legit and you want it to be a fair fight, make it a weight class. And but 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 then it's you know then it comes the point where oh you want to see those you want to see cool matches like me to me seeing like Rey Mysterio versus a Brock Lesnar that's something that's interesting because it's such opposites but why is it okay for Rey Mysterio to do that but I can't do it that's he, also he, a good he's point much smaller than me it's 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 not about size it's about gender people still think that the man is completely superior to the woman. Which a lot of times they are, and that's the truth, because I, I've seen a lot of men, I've seen a lot of women. Usually the men are more superior, but I'm trying to break barrier. And it's, it's very hard, while also staying true to myself as a woman, and not, not letting go of anything that would make me a woman, you know? Right. Still, still, still fully holding on to that. I'm not trying to change genders, I'm not trying to become a man, I'm just, I'm a woman trying to do the man's job better than he does it yes you're not trying to become a man just the man eater i think that's exactly that's you know what this is the best way to put you know how many times i tell people i'm not trying to become a man it's not that's i fully fully enjoy being a woman but <laughs> but it doesn't mean that i can't be in the men's shoes to well, me like i as a, as a kid i knew that i was not interested in just being a a mom and a wife and having a family that would be great at some point but that's not my dream that that's not that's not the way i see it and it, it was so hard to explain that to you know my parents growing up like that's just not the lifestyle that i want because you know everyone around me was doing that they would go to college and then they would get married and then they would have a family and then that was it and i just didn't see it that way right well the last time we saw and you and I, knew some, I knew my mind was wired differently than i guess the typical kid Right. And nothing wrong with that. Right. It's okay to be wired differently. Uh, the last time we saw you in the ring was Free Enterprise in Baltimore in February. And you were in the ring with 19 other guys um, in that, in that uh, battle royal, which you had some uh, really good spots, I thought, in that, you know, you eliminated a few guys and you had a cool exchange with Silas Young. What was that experience like, actually being in the battle royal? Uh, was that something that you knew was coming? Were you surprised? That was that was very exciting, I guess. And, and you know, I haven't been around as long to, 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 to see the process of things happening, but I'm sure a monumental thing. You know, a girl being in a ring of honor, you don't, you don't see that in a ring of honor uh, battle royal. Absolutely. Um, I don't think I even realized how cool it was until I went back and watched it. Um, and that was that was a big show, too. We had a lot of people uh, in the building for that. It was awesome. Um, that made me feel, and made me feel like part of the roster, which was cool. I feel like before I kind of felt it, it's like we're a circus, and I'm like the big scary elephant that's like put in a cage and just kind of come. They let they let him out when like when it's you know when they feel like it. But that made me feel like I was part of the show, I was part of the roster, I was part of the team to some degree. So it was, it was nice. You mentioned going back and watching it. Um... That's a question I, I, I wondered about. Do you, and, and I know you said that you've been watching like old old wrestling matches and stuff, trying to, you know, sort of learn. Do you watch, generally watch your stuff back and try to pick up things? So I had this conversation with, um, God, I think it was Jeff Cobb a couple weeks ago, and he said that he hates watching himself. Yeah, we all do. Matches. So do you watch yourself or no? Uh, I do. I mean, I don't like to, but I. I don't. I will not go back and watch old stuff from like four years ago. I can't do that because I'm so disassociated from that person that I I don't know. <laughs> it, it's funny when I watch myself. I don't. I don't realize it's like I don't think it's me. I think it's like I'm talking about it. If it's Maria Manic, like it's a different person because it is. Just because I'm playing that role, it's it's not. You know, there's different uh, layers to it. Um, but it is hard to watch yourself. You're, you're, you, know, you critique yourself the most, and every little thing you're going to pick apart. And, you know, I'll look at certain matches. And if I, if I, I, can tell, I can tell how strict I was being with myself by looking at my body. If I was looking tight and lean, then I was, you know, on a good track. If I was looking sloppy, then it's like, oh, that's proof that I wasn't, you know, dieting right or I wasn't training right. But you have to look at it 
and you have to look at the look at the times you looked good and say, oh, what was what was my process then? What was I doing then? Because that was working. Um, so you do have to watch yourself, but it's hard. Like nobody wants to. It's like nobody wants to hear their own voice on recording. Nobody likes hearing that. Right. Um, but if you want to improve, you have to you have to do it, and it's 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 hard. But it, and that's where you have to develop a thick skin when you're watching yourself on camera with you know bad angles all the time. Like you just have to get used to it. And but but I also think it's cool that I'm you know not only me but all the women we're showing girls like it's okay to have flaws. You know when I first saw wrestling, I was looking at the divas that were you know all tiny and perfectly trim and supermodels and I I knew that I was never gonna look like that and it was kind of depressing because I thought I could never have a chance in wrestling unless I looked like that and you know now the look that I show people and show a young girl that could be watching is like I'm not perfect at all I have so many flaws but I'm still more confident than most of these supermodels and that shows that they see my confidence you know and that's important it's showing young people that it's you don't have to look a certain way to have that glow and that confidence. Absolutely. You just have to be, you have to be different and be unique and be yourself. All right. Well, we're going to take our final quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to play some uh, 10 questions with Maria Maddox. So we'll be right back after this. In 2020, make sure your vision is the same because ROH will be releasing its archive of all of its historic content, including me winning the tag team titles, <laughs> me winning the television title, get out of town, me winning the six man title, you don't say, and me winning the world title at Madison Square Garden. So don't be a Melvin and join Honor Club today. We're back with Maria Manic on the ROH Strong Podcast. It's time to play 10 questions with Maria. Maria, are you ready? I hope. And it is now time for 10 questions with Kevin. Okay. Question number one. What's something about you that would surprise people? Um, I really like all the Disney princess movies and I cry to them at night. That's, that's true. That's a true story. That's a shoot. That's a shoot. Cinderella, Pocahontas, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. Well, all that, those witches. well you can color me surprised. I would not have, uh, <laughs> don't tell anybody. No, geez. Okay. Uh, question number two, what's something that's on your bucket list? Hmm. You know what? I would really like to get a motorcycle and drive a motorcycle. I think that would be very fitting for me. So I do have to do that at some point soon. Yeah, now that I can see. And that's Did realistic. We... That's a realistic yeah, dream. That I can see. Okay, number three. And keep in mind, this is a family show. What's the weirdest fan interaction that you've ever had that you can tell? Um, this is, I guess this is a little bit already but it's not horrible i've had and this has happened a couple times not not recently because i don't think anyone's gonna try me now but in the past i've had a couple men come up to take pictures and then when they go to like post the picture they just grabbed my entire boob with their hand or lay or or laid their head on top of it and i'm thinking like is this person someone that i can even say something to you know what i mean like i don't <laughs> you're it's it, <laughs> I, I just let it slide a couple of times. I was just so confused as to why that was happening. But Wow. It's amazing that they live to tell about it. Oh, I know. I'll come back, though. I remember. <laughs> All right. Question four. What person, living or dead, would you like to have a conversation with, if you could? China. Wow. Great answer. Certainly a lot of similarities there. Has she, has she been an inspiration for you? Yes, and and not even a not that there's similarity. I mean, there are, but I would just like to ask her how her journey went because it's I, I can now see just a glimpse of it of how difficult it is being a woman trying to trying to uh, get along with a man. Right. I would like to know how that journey went. Okay, question five: If you had to be quarantined with one member of the Ring of Honor roster. 
who would it be? And I know this is an interesting question for you since you said you like being alone and, and you're loving being alone. But if you had to be, there's one member of the roster you have to be quarantined with. Cheeseburger. Who, that's a good choice. That's that a, see, I like that you don't even question it. You know. Just Absolutely. That's a good choice. He'd be at the top of a lot of people's there, list, I think. There's no, there's no question to it. And he's such a good guy, he would let me beat him up just to release my anger. <laughs> he would let me do it. I think he would. He was he's a good guy. Jeez, All right. Anybody else? I would like um, cheeseburger. Who else? No, nobody else. Okay. Nobody else. All right. Question six. What scares you? What scares me? Yes. Um, I'm very afraid of the ocean because I don't really know how to swim well. Um, I'm scared of water. Yeah, I'm scared of water. That's the truth. Okay. I'm scared of water. I don't like sharks. I don't like. Dolphins. I don't like fish. I'm definitely a little bit afraid of that. Okay. Not not afraid of wild animals though anymore. I don't know what I. Not that doesn't doesn't seem to scare me. Well, maybe it goes back to maybe you have some kind of uh, unspoken so you know connection with them since you you think you may come from the animal world I, yourself. I hate to say that though. I hate to say that. Because I sound nuts, but no, not necessarily. Oh, but we all do. We all. That's true. We all, we all come from that. It's it's. It, I just didn't understand it. <laughs> okay. Did not understand this. All right. You know, and I, I, I realized this the other day. I realized this the other day. But as wrestlers, if you if you really want to get technical, we kind of are a circus. Well, there, right? there's def. That's definitely one way to look at it. I mean, why has no one ever put it that way to me? If we're a circus, we're we're a traveling entertainment. That's a circus. There's, there's, there's no other word for it, you know? <laughs> if I had to explain wrestling to someone that did not understand wrestling, I would tell them it's a circus show. Well, you have man-eating lions at circuses, right? So I guess you can have a man-eater at a, at a wrestling show. Yeah. All right. All right, and number on, seven. And on Twitter. And on Twitter. Number seven, what's something popular that you don't see the appeal of? Something you just don't get? Um, that's a good question. Something I don't get. That's a lot of things. Um, I don't really understand. Well, I can't. This are some things I don't, I don't, I don't like, but I, I also don't understand them, so I can't, I can't question them. Um. I don't understand why. Call reality TV reality TV when it's everything in life is scripted. The only thing that's not scripted is YouTube. Well, I, I'm with you 100% on that. There is no I mean, such it, thing. It, right? it, warps, it warps your mind into thinking that that's how people actually are, or, and that's how life's uh, that's how life's happen. It's not. That's just not how it goes down. Yeah, reality TV. Is there is there is no such thing as reality TV. As soon as no. you stick a camera in there, it's no longer reality. Exactly. That's not. So I don't understand why they, they, they warp our minds to think that, that that's the truth when it's not. Absolutely. All right. Question number eight. Do you have a celebrity crush? No. No no celebrity that you're like. I don't think anyone's attractive. I like I can't tell you last time. Like I hate I, I'm serious. I like my taste is so just weird and like to me, my taste is not physical. You have to make me feel a certain way mentally and then i'll find you attractive maybe okay interesting celebrity no i don't know i mean no okay okay number nine what's something you wish you were better at learning learning being able to being able to function and read and go to school not that i want to do that but like it I'm sure it would help me. Okay. Well, that's, a, that's, that's good. Oh, we're always learning every day. I had a, a former boss of mine, a very famous uh, former boss, who told me that he's learning every day, and so we all should learn every day. So that's a good thing. All right, number 10, what's the worst question you've ever been asked in an interview? This and if, one. It's one of, if it's one of these 10 questions, this one, this one, of course, <laughs> this one. 
<laughs> I, I was just thinking, man, that's a corny question he just asked. All right. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, those are the only that that's the I, I don't have that a question be, eleven. That can't, be, so. that can't be the end because you told me you were gonna ask me what my favorite movie is. Oh, I did so. Okay, so what is and your I favorite? Think movie? You, I think you should know this answer. If you're my oh. friend, you should know this answer. Oh my god, now I'm not gonna be your friend because I don't know the answer. Well, okay, you, you like know this. I've said it maybe to you before too. I talk about it. it's the only thing I talk about. <laughs> oh my god. Now the pressure is on wait a minute, how did I end up being the one asking answering the questions? Um <laughs> Well, you, you mentioned Disney Earl. Is it a Disney princess movie? No. 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 Uh, well, no, no. No. It's not White Chicks. You mentioned that movie. That's a good movie, but no. It's a, no. It's a more of a – it's not a horror movie, but it's an action movie. Girl. Girl is the star. Terminator. No. Uh, give me another hint. Um, there's two of them. There's two movies, one and two. <laughs> there's one – that's like every movie. <laughs> That's the second one. Uh, think a little bit, like a little bit of. Okay, I got it. Kill what? Bill. Yep, there you go. As soon as you said a little bit of kung fu, I got gotcha. you. Okay, Kill Bill. Yeah. All right, really now, yeah. Closely to that movie. I see it. I definitely see it. It's a good movie, though. It's a very good movie. It's very corny, but I like it. It's easy to follow. Yes. Okay, I should have known it had Kill in the title. I should have known your favorite movie, but I have Kill in the title. <laughs> Well, Maria, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much uh, for joining me today and being so gracious with your time. I'm glad we could uh, actually make this work today. Uh, you got up at two thirty or whatever. You rolled out of bed, and uh, that's really... so bad. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. I'm sorry, you can hear the other uh, circus animals barking in the back. Yes, I can hear them. That's okay. That's okay. They are alive and ready to be playing. <laughs> I have a, I have big dogs, so I have to take her on long walks if she loses her mind. Gotcha. Well, yeah, she's she's been very good for most of this podcast. So she has. Uh, but again, thanks again for joining me. And I want to say thanks to everyone for listening. Keep it locked into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels. That's at Ring of Honor on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news of when and where future episodes of the ROH Strong podcast will be available. Stay safe, everyone, and let's all be ROH Strong.